We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. I am still in Puerto Rico. I am sweating so crazy right now. The humidity today is 98%. I'm going to come back a new man. I will be smaller than Angelo Dawkins. Mark my words. That is the goal right now. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have a packed show for you today. We're talking boxing. Mike Tyson is officially coming back. I'm going to try to wheel back my bet with Dre. It's not maybe, maybe, maybe it just gives me a little leeway. We'll see. Never. We got we got like 15 minutes till we get to that point in the show. Let's see how he's feeling by then. Maybe the claw will kick in. I'll have a fighting chance. And then we're also talking UFC. Joseph Benavidez loses again. What's in store for him moving forward? And we have a lot of people returning uh, to boxing this week. Top rank wrapped up, so that means DeZone and Golden Boy are taking the baton and running with it. We also have Showtime announcing their full calendar, so we have to talk about those fights as well. To start it off, though, Dre, we're going to put me in a good mood before and try to put you in a good mood. Baseball is back. People know that we are baseball fans on this show. We don't talk about it often because it's a combat sports podcast. But damn it, my Yankees come back today. Garrett Cole baby by the time you listen to this we may have won we most likely would have won if we have lost 
don't contact me on social media. I'm going to be very, very downtrodden if we lose this first game. There's only 60 games this season. We need everyone that we can get. My Yankees are winning the ring, but how optimistic are you about your squad, Dre? The White Sox. I mean, look, man, it's it's all, everything's up for us. Everybody's young. You know, I mean, we got a few OGs. We got Encarcion. We, you know, Abreu's older now. It's Money Grandal. I mean, but we're loaded. Eloy Jimenez, it just kind of sucks. Michael Kopech won't be pitching this year. He's taking the year off of, for reasons that we don't know why. But, dude, we're playing with house money right now. 60 games, it's it's easy for us. Like, it's easy. The expanded playoffs, we should make the playoffs. This The expanded playoffs are bad for, for the Yankees and the Dodgers. Yeah. Three-game series are the pits. We don't want to trip up against someone. And even if we get down in the first game, you got to exhaust your entire bullpen to win the next two. It's just crazy. I hate that idea. Um, collusion. They're colluding to keep my Yankees from a championship. That's what it is. <laughs> but, no, really, you guys are loaded. Tim Anderson is one of the funnest baseball players I've seen in decades. Dude, our team is full of Dominicans and Tim Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Bat flips everywhere. I yeah. love it. it. Yo, they're just fun. Usually I try to hate on everything around you. But in this case, I can't even front. You you have a fun team. I like watching them. I liked watching them, even the inter-squad games leading up to this season. I was like, damn, I'm, I'm not mad at the White Sox right now. I hope you guys win that division because Cleveland, they're not that great. No, nah, it won't be Cleveland. Our biggest competition is going to be... Uh, oh, the so, Twins. Yeah, yeah, the Twins are going to be our biggest competition. I don't believe in them either. We washed yeah. them so tough they, last year. They got Josh Donaldson, so, you know, the Twins could be looking good this year. But, again, my socks, we got Louis, Louis Robert. Like, we look good. Um, I just hope our pitching takes the next next step. Lucas Giolito took a huge step last season. I need Ronaldo Lopez to do the same. We got Dallas Keuchel, who's just an innings eater. 60 games, man. It's a sprint. And uh, I wasn't sure we we're gonna have a baseball season. So sixty games is better than no games. Um, I don't. How do you feel about whoever wins if they're gonna put an asterisk? And don't just assume the Yankees are gonna win because the Dodgers actually have the most stacked team. No, the Dodgers do. The hell with the Dodgers though. I'm just counting the Dodgers go Dodgers like they do with most playoff series when it comes down to World Series. Um, no, no asterisk. Like I don't put an asterisk by the Spurs winning in the crazy shortened season in the NBA, Tim Duncan and David Robinson got a ring, right? Like, I don't, I don't count that as an asterisk. It's happened twice in baseball. Who was the last team? I believe it was the Blue Jays to win it Yeah. off of the strike. Um, and I think they went back-to-back in those yeah. years. So they won it regular and then Joe won it off Carter. of the strike. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't put an asterisk on that. It It's truly a sprint. I think... This season's more unique than any we've seen in any other sport just because you need that depth this season. Dude. So Juan Soto yeah. just got just got hit with the COVID. Oh, so yeah. he's not playing tonight. So we don't even it know when he's tonight. coming back. It helps you guys a lot. But just think about it. Like the injured list now, like, you know, I'm a fantasy baseball guy. So the DL and the injured list is usually for two, but now they've expanded it to four because you have no idea how many guys are gonna come down with this shit. They're all traveling. Like yep. You don't know who, like, the whole Nationals team could go down. Like, you have no idea what's about to happen. And I mean, it makes it intriguing, but th- this is truly unlike any other baseball season. Usually strike shortened seasons, they don't end in a strike. They usually start with a strike. You know what I'm saying? Like, they get shortened because of something like that. But this is different. Like, we're going in, we have a schedule that's 
specifically 60 games. And it's like, dude, you have to have depth. You have to be healthy. Like, if somebody gets hurt, it's a wrap. You got guys like Mike Trout, who may or may not play the whole season. He's got a kid on the way, so he could be out for two weeks. Two weeks? That's, that's what? Ten games? It's a, yeah, that's two a weeks. Six of the season. That's crazy. Yeah, man, it's it's going to be wild. I'm. They stealing I'm cars out Yankees. there in Puerto Rico? Are they stealing cars? Yeah, right. Well, I don't know what's going on. This person doesn't know how to turn off their alarm outside. Puerto Rico's a whole different place. There you go. Finally, shut it off. Um, no, I have faith in my Yankees because last year, damn it, is back. Last year, we played almost a whole season like that, right? Like we played with Danny our Triple A team last year. Everyone was hurt. We did okay. Our bullpen. Is our you know strong point? We've lost Chapman to the COVID for a little while, but hopefully better now than later. If he had to catch the COVID, so it's like okay, he comes back. I, I have faith in what we can do. Let's be honest, everyone gets hurt on our team all the damn time anyway. So if we can just keep them healthy for forty games, and we have rotational pieces to move in to get everyone 15, 20 games of rest, I think the benefit for all teams this season is I th- the wins count, right? World Series counts. I don't think stats count for the first time in forever in baseball. Oh, if someone gets four, if they hit 400, that's an asterisk. No one's going to break the home run record. No one's going to break the strikeout record, right? No one's going to break the wins record. So who cares if you play 45 games or 60? As long as your team wins, that's the only thing that counts for this year. So I don't expect... A lot of my Yankees players to play 55 games for what we'll alternate off days we got a very deep team everyone will play 45 and try to keep them healthy for what remains what that's usually two months of a baseball season is now the entire season so Uh as long as as you're winning though like if you start off slow then you're gonna have to play hard any team yeah we're not starting again we led the pace last year with everyone injured. I, I think our backups are battle-tested and proven. Other teams cannot say the same. People started going down on other teams. They depended on trade deadlines, bringing in new acquisitions. You have, all that's not going to necessarily happen this year. Um, the trade deadline might be fucking nuts, though. Who knows? It's like three weeks from uh, now. Dude, yeah, there might be some starting pitches fly, flying around here. Like this, this. <laughs> Quick, quick and early. This whole season is going to be chaos, and I'm here for it. There's going to be no fans, and I wish if there was one thing that they would do, because, like, I guess next week we'll talk about the NBA because they'll be back in action. I would like them to amplify the sound of the ball in the bat. Like, when, they, when, the, when the bat hits the ball, I would like to hear that amplified. Like, the crack? If I can't hear the fans, give me something. I want to hear, like, yeah. long home runs. I want to hear what they sound like. I'm always infatuated with that sound. No but fans. I feel like me, you'll hear the, the players on the field. You know, I, that's not bad. Mic people up. Don't they do that for spring training? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Like, when, when uh, I think uh, Anthony Rizzo was mic'd up and hit, like, a double and was, like, talking shit the entire time around the bases. Yeah. Mookie Betts last year was mic'd up. Yeah. And he was like, oh, hold on. Got to go catch this fly ball. And he runs, catches it. He's like, oh, that's a little farther than I thought. Like, that's fun. You don't have these other things. You have these mes- methods that you've already tested. A lot of these are... And let's be real, baseball on the field, you stand around a lot. Yeah. So might as well just talk. You mic up one yeah, you mic up one outfielder. Infield, okay, maybe not. First base gotta do a lot of shit. Like maybe you can't mic up the infield. But you can mic up an outfielder on every team. Just get something different. 
they're standing around a lot of the time, so we'll see what baseball comes up with. I like the little cardboard cutouts. Those are funny. I'm trying to figure out how to get my face on one of those. <laughs> like, I don't mind that. The artificial sound doesn't sound as weird as it does in, like, pro wrestling. No. Or, you know, boxing, when Top Rank did it. Like, it doesn't sound that weird to me. It feels more in place with baseball. Yeah. So I'm not mad at I it. Mean, um, who, I mean, I think TNA had, like, a crazy, like... We just pre- we talked about that. We recapped it on our last show, but we didn't talk about Slammiversary and like they had not a laugh track, but they had like a cheers track throughout the entire thing. So you really couldn't like gauge what the fuck was happening. I think AEW had like their actual crowd this week just yelled the entire time. Yeah, it was just loud as fuck. So I mean, I I'd rather the controlled like ah, going crazy. When big stuff happens, I don't mind that. Baseball, I feel like, is the best equipped to be with no fans. I could go through half a game, three quarters of a game, and not even notice. I mean, you know, fans don't mean some, much to me. Some places, you know, the Marlins, they never have fans anywhere. So what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, maybe, you know, you get when you go to play the Cubbies and Wrigley's Rockland or Red Sox are rocking, Yankee Stadium is pretty docile for a crowd. But you get some of these other places that are really going crazy. Houston, huge advantage. Um, you go out west, the Giants fans are still nuts. You, you look at teams like that, Dodgers especially. Okay, they lose that, but you still get to be in your home ballpark, which I think is the biggest advantage. Yeah. Because Yankee Stadium's still a band box. They would have made us play at a neutral site in a bubble. We're asked out. Like We need that advantage of Yankee Stadium. It's like it is just it is what it is, and so I'm glad it's gone that way. I can't wait for baseball to start. It's going to be a fun season. I can't believe that you're still doing fantasy baseball at 60 games. I dude, I got four teams. I I'm an addict. I play fantasy <laughs> everything. It's four I games. Multiple, I, I love this shit. I don't care. Or 60 games, like 60 games. Who cares? I Qu- play it quick, fast. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, oh, and congratulations! You finally got MLB the Show. You can finally start playing. Yes, uh, like I've been sitting on it. And I'm still sitting on it. But uh, as soon as the season, like I'm told y'all, I'm weird like that. I can't play a sports game unless there's a sport going on. Like I can't. When the NBA is not happening, I'm not playing 2K. I just started it last week because I knew the NBA was coming back. I can't play MLB The Show unless it's baseball season. As soon as it gets to the playoffs in the World Series, I'm out. I don't play Madden. I'm off Madden. It's the one sports game I just completely have given up on. You don't play Madden? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's not great. Like they didn't update it. A lot, but I I have to play Madden. Nope, that's the one. I, like I I would play like NCAA must. college football, but I will not play Madden anymore. It's just not fun. Madden yeah, is not. They what bring that to. back. It's breaking records that they bring college football back. Yeah, college football. Yeah. I mean, because the game was great. There's there's just yep. so much. I, I don't know what it is about Madden. It's so like so static. It's easy. Like once you get it figured out, it's not like you. It's like with 2K, if you play on Hall of Fame, you can, you'll can you lose. You'll go on a streak. Players will get cold. You'll end up losing. Like You can lose four or five in a row, and you can reel yeah. off like eight or nine in a row. Madden is like way too easy to go 15-1, and 16-0. It's like it's easy, and it's not fun anymore, especially Constantly. if you're a good I play team. on all Madden, and I win by like 40. Yeah, that, that's not there's, fun. There's no way to make it difficult at this point. I don't know what they're going to do about that. Um, hopefully, they bring back Fight Night. They're they not. put two boxes in UFC 4. Like, I feel like we're inching. 
I talked to when I talked to the guys when I did the preview. Um, I asked them if there was anything about Fight Night coming, and they said no. <laughs> like flatly, there has been just no real plans to bring Fight Night back yet. That sucks. But. Is it is it exclusive rights to ESPN? I'm really wondering why a franchise like 2K doesn't just be like, you know what, fuck it, let's try it. I I don't know. I don't know. Because the Brian Hayes, when I did uh, I did a documentary on EA Sports years ago and I flew out there and they were making the next gen this this how long it was when they were doing PS4 and Xbox um one versions of Madden and everything else so I went down there NBA Live too which was terrible but uh Brian Hayes is the guy who does all the UFC games the creative director and we talked about Fight Night then and that was seven years ago it's just their property like they were the ones I think it's a little bit more difficult to get boxers licensed like the UFC you just license the UFC boxers you got to get them individually and that's a pain in the ass. So I don't know if that has a lot to do with it, but that was seven years ago, and they were just like, eh, I don't think we're going to be able to do this anytime soon. And now it's 2020, and they're still like, I don't think we're going to do this anytime soon. That sucks. We need a fight night game. They do. Yeah, it's been way too long. Um, let's talk about, talk about stuff from a different era. Snoop and DMX on the versus battle. I saw you following along last night. Had to run back to the crib so I could throw it on because um, don't shit work in Puerto Rico without Wi-Fi. So I had to run back to the crib. And I watched it chilling in a pool. Me and the wife, some drinks, you know, went down nostalgia lane. And everything you were saying on the timeline was true by the time I tuned in was it felt more like a concert. Yeah. Right. It, it didn't feel like the competition. It wasn't Jada styling on Fab. Like, even a competition between friends is fun. This was definitely more of a, like, I guess, like the Beanie Man one from Jamaica. Like, it was just two guys. Like, yo, I got a catalog. You got a catalog. Let's get it. At a point, Snoop had to help DMX because he had horrible cardio. Yeah. Like, he had the cardio of a UFC heavyweight in a five-round fight. Yeah, he was blown up. <laughs> so, uh, but listen, that's healthy DMX, though. So I'd rather this than, than skinny rap on stage for four hours and pass out DMX. Because that is uh, aided by different substances. So Snoop held on some ad-libs. That's cool. I, I thought the vibes was dope, but people still scored it, which is fine. And then, I believe it was Complex. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dropped the article. Scoring it in favor of DMX. That was revolt, and then they ended up taking the article revolt. down. Yeah, damn right they should take it down. Yeah. yeah. Again, man. Puff should be ashamed of himself. I don't know how, how old these kids that are doing this shit, but whoever they had party up over Drop It Like It's Hot. And listen, man, it's not Snoop's greatest song of all time, but DMX and Party Up, I hate that song. I hate it. And it feels like Party Up has always been that song that middle white America likes. So if that's who was writing this article, middle white America, then I get it. But Drop It Like It's Hot was everywhere. And it was such a big song. You know, you mean to tell me that Party Up was better than that? No. No. Absolutely not. There's The battle was fun and I didn't score it because I thought it was stupid at a certain point because... It looked like, for the most part, that Snoop was really celebrating having DMX here. It was crazy to look. One, DMX is a year older than Snoop. That's crazy to me. Two, the fact that 
DMX is here and he's happy and he's smiling considering all he's been through in his life. And you can say the same thing about Snoop, who was on trial for murder. And they're both here in 2020, rapping and smiling, Snoop dancing, having a good time. There's no reason to score this. This was truly a celebration. This was not anybody trying to one-up the other person. But if that's what you wanted to do, there's no way DMX wins that battle. It's, it's not, but it's not a battle. But why? Why, why would you score it for DMX? How? Somebody had, um, can't remember what song, Over Ain't No Fun. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> X had more stuff than we thought, though, when we previewed I mean, it. X had what he had. I, I kind of knew what he had. It's just, I think, again, Snoop's highs are like these ridiculous highs. And they're different vibes from different... There's 30 years of highs for Snoop. For DMX, there's like four, maybe six. Yeah, yeah, six is generous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like, it's truly... The, the first two albums are the only albums I listen to. I don't really listen to much outside of that. And, but he's got bangers. And it's, everybody knows that. The Rough Rider compilations. Like, he's got, he's got bangers. But it's like, come on, man. You're facing Snoop. It's like, that's ridiculous. There's no way DMX has more classics than Snoop. Are you nuts? But it was a great <laughs> battle. Like, I enjoyed myself. I just, I don't know. Them scoring it, like, they should have said no to scoring it. But I knew, you know, clicks and everything else. But... DMX, somebody that was DMX won that battle like twelve to to, to eight or thirteen to seven. And I was like, come on, stop. How old are you? Thirteen to seven is criminal. Anything is criminal. Like that's that's ridiculous. Thirteen to seven. Yeah. Like you're not even watching at that point. You that's like what ends up happening is Snoop is playing songs from like Deep Cover and The Chronic and Doggy Style, and you weren't born. And if when you weren't born, it also meant that you didn't listen to any of this stuff. So when he played it, you were like, I don't know that song. I'm going to go with this DMX song because I know this one. That's that's kind of how it felt. But I don't know how you do it. Like, do, somebody picked uh, some song over Doggy Dog. Well, I have to go down the playlist. But, like, there's no there's very few songs, period, that are bigger and uh, more revered than, like, Doggy Dog World, Ain't No Fun. Like, those are classic songs, no matter what era. DMX is... Arguably, his best and most insightful song is Slippin'. That, that's an undeniable song. Un- absolutely undeniable. But Snoop has so many bangers. I don't know. A crazy amount of bangers. Like, there were, the list of stuff Snoop didn't play so, was crazy. Whole other verses. He can come back next week and be like, uh, and pick somebody else. <laughs> he can pick somebody else. Not repeat a track. Jesus. So many, like, man. I don't know. People got to put some damn respect on Snoop's name. Tell anybody who scored this for DMX. And I love DMX. And I love to see DMX being fat DMX. Him and Snoop joking about taking their shirts off was probably the funniest thing. <laughs> that was hilarious. But yeah, because we kind of got dad bod Snoop. As yeah. close as we're going to get. Yeah, he's got the old man beard popping. Like, Snoop is 48 years old. DMX is 49. Damn. They're They're, they're old. But Snoop, man, Snoop's been in this business for a long ass time. Went from being on trial to murder to doing shows with Martha Stewart. That guy is a fucking legend. Talk about reinventing yourself. Jesus. Wild. And now it comes down to who's left. I saw someone say they want to see Keisha Cole versus Shanti. No thanks. I think that maybe breaks 80,000. I, I don't care about that. <laughs> There's you know, nothing. Like Keisha Cole? And, and the, I was never a Keisha Cole fan at all. Ever. 
Neither was I. I thought she just whined about horrible relationships. Yeah, not a fan. No, it was like trying to be Mary J. Blige, but something went horribly wrong. So I don't like Keisha Cole. But now it's like, okay, we got a couple matchups. Obviously, the well, with the current state of Kanye, we can't have Kanye in the in the mix. But I wouldn't mind if they could pull it off. You know, Puff I think would be down. But a Puff versus Dre battle, kind of like a battle of the producers, East Coast West Coast vibes. When I'm I feel like paid. that's still out there. It's a lot of money. I'm, I'm sure like Dre's I not mean, doing it for sponsored cheap. by Ciroc. Blah blah blah. Matt Ciroc around. That's you know advertisement. You throw him some money that way. Yes. I, I don't know. You got to plug what Beats by Dre. That shit's around. I mean, the speakers, the pills, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. You got to, like, plug that shit and have that everywhere. But outside of that, it's convenient. They both live in L.A. It takes three hours of their time. Granted, I'm sure Dr. Dre probably makes, like, a million dollars in three hours. Fuck if I know. But, yeah, like, you know, something stupid. But, yeah, you could give up three hours of his time. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, and then, you know, of course, like, just on smaller levels... I think there could be a better representation of the quote-unquote blog era rappers. Like, I don't... Like, Meek Mill versus Wale, I think, would be dope. Yeah. The, the only reason why I say an to this is because... I, For me, personally, this is just a personal thing. I can see why everybody else wanted to do it. They're not done. So, they're really in the thick of this... So uh, okay. that's but they get, I mean that's fifteen years of a catalog. I, we just talked about X having six. Yeah, I'm just saying like with DMX, it's like he's so far removed from that material that you can play those. You'd be like, oh shit! Like with Wale and Meek, I feel like they're still so deep into it that they take it really personally. And maybe that's what a battle is for. But I prefer guys who are done with their careers. Like I like not even completely done, but they're so far removed. From their peak, like Wale's still in his peak. Meek drops an album, he's still in his peak. Yeah, I like to see some. You know, I know somebody said something like Charlie Wilson in a battle with somebody, and I was like, okay, out Gap Band Charlie. Okay, I'm here for it. Gap Band and new and old Charlie. Who else can really fuck with that catalog? That's interesting. Maybe Ronald Isley, Charlie Wilson, Ronald Isley. I was just spitballing that. I'm with it. I just made up my own shit, and I'm with it. Charlie Wilson versus Ronald Isley. <laughs> I'm here for that. The aunties will come out for it. The, aunt, the but old look, heads. You, you playing on some gators. You playing the old shit and the new shit. Unfortunately, Ronald Isley would be crippled because he can't do anything with R. Kelly. But... No, no, no. You can't take away <laughs> the couch tracks. No, that's not right. You can't. No, no, no. You, no, you got to play those. You, you feel yucky. You would feel disgusting. But Ronald Isley... Horrible, was, but you I'm tweet. Listen, man. You're going to hear me type this. I'm about to tweet that right now. Fuck all this. We're about to type this. <laughs> no, nah, that, that'd be a good one for the old heads. I think the ultimate of ultimate, if you want to go to people who are no longer, like, super active, if we can get Tribe Called Quest versus Outcast, I think that's Ooh, probably the best matchup. That would be good. Three album, three out... Like, those first three... like. Fuck, that's a good matchup between those two. That that's a good one. You can tweet that one. I'm tweeting this one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but dude, Tribe versus Outcast would Tribe versus Outcast. Because I'm just Outcast, gonna reply to your tweet. <laughs> dog, Outcast is like one of my favorite groups of all time. And same with Tribe. And Tribe is like the group that truly made me fall in love with like a certain sound of hip hop because the jazz samples and everything else. And Tribe also 
has a perfect song. Outcast has really, 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 really incredible songs too, but Electric Relaxation is like the perfect song. There are very few songs that are as perfect as Electric Relaxation is. That song is amazing on a number of levels, not just on a rap level. The fact that it's timeless, the fact that girls can groove to it, and the fact that dudes rock it, and Fife still comes with it, and Tip. Like that, I love that song. But Outkast, woo buddy. Bangers upon bangers upon. Like they play the good Dungeon Mob, Goody, ooh, my, I mean, Dungeon Family, Goody Mob shit. Yeah. I'd be There's here for that. So much. So much in there. Uh, I mean, remixes, Q Tip got stuff that's deep. That That's, to me, a really, really good battle that could come out. And I don't know who wins. No, I don't either. I would, that, that comes out of the playlist. Yeah, it comes down to sequencing, right? Like, what, what goes where? And maybe, and this is blasphemous to someone from New York, maybe I give the inch over the outcast. Yeah, I would really have to break down that catalog because there's just so many classic joints. Like, I'm very partial to everything off of Midnight Marauders. I'm very partial to. But the same thing goes for Equimini. Like, Equimini is an unbelievable album. And uh, I think it's their like best. Southern Playlist. I mean, yeah. But some people are yeah, like, they have classics. Stank on ya. Then you get into the, the half and half out. There's a lot of shit in that outcast. Then you go. Album. Then you go back to Tribe. And then, like, you know, obviously Q-Tip, if he wanted to, you know, if Andre plays Hey I, he could play, like, Breathe and Stop or Vibrant Thing. But, uh, yeah. you know, the Scenario remix? Buddy? Native Tongue stuff? Ooh, deep. Shit gets deep. It gets deep. So, I don't know. There's a couple. You got to really go with Scenario remix, probably a trump card. Like, nothing Outcast catalog probably beats that, right? Like if you like, or it's it's real tough. So you play that. Outcast gotta play a throwaway, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, Fuck right. Fun. What's a throwaway? But yeah, like channel? whatever. Um, but Outcast comes like there's some shit on Outcast catalog where you're like, yo, I, what is tried playing to beat this? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of that. There's, I mean, Southern Playalistic, Players Ball, Crumbling Herb. I mean, that's just the first album. International Players album trumps everything. Yeah, it's just it's so. That's another perfect song. There's just so much that can actually play an anthem. Like too much, there's it's just too much to decide in that catalog. Yeah, too much. So that that's a battle we need, though. So yeah, we're gonna start. A, I'm starting the movement. That's who we need. And oh, when you took, I would get all my early '90s. That all my gear, my fucking bambada pendant, everything. I'm taking it back. The Nick caps. Dude, I think I think my uncle here. He left here in Puerto Rico. I think his old school Pele Pele. Like I'm brushing that off. That's when you know I mean business. When you break out the Pele Pele, tough, and it's 90 degrees here. So, man, the battles so far though, touch on this one. They've been really, really good. Um, in synopsis, DMX did not win that though. No, he didn't. Move on. <laughs> no, he did not. If you were scoring, he did not. Um, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. There's so much combat sports to actually talk about that it's crazy, and we're taking our break early because we have to talk about the return of Mike Tyson, <laughs> Nate, Nate Robinson. Yes, short-ass NBA Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul is on the undercard. Some more craziness will probably be added to that. Then we have top rank ending on a high note. The zone returning with Virgil Ortiz instead of Ryan Garcia. 
We have UFC Fight Island cards to recap. So much. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we'll get back to the show in one second. But first, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Just that quick, we are back. And as promised, we're talking boxing and the return of Mike Tyson. Iron Mike is stepping back in the ring. That's not surprising. We kind of saw that coming. Yeah, crack the claw. Because Dre, he's stepping back in the ring against your boy, Roy Jones Jr. First, and this is tough for you. I seen your Roy Jones Jr. catalog. You own all them shits. In their prime, who is the more dynamic fighter? Roy Jones. Tyson or Roy Jones? Roy Jones. Dynamic? Roy Jones. Mike Tyson was a a toward... He's like a force. Roy Jones was finesse. Roy Jones embarrassed opponents. Where Mike just kind of brutalized him, Roy embarrassed him. Tyson had some peekaboo in him early on. But it was so... Dude, that window... Like, for anybody who knows boxing, Mike Tyson's window was really small. It was 18 through 21 years old. Yeah. And then it was like... Then he got incarcerated. I mean, he lost to Buster Douglas... He came yeah. back, beat a few bums, then he got knocked out by Evander Holyfield, and it was all downhill from there. Roy, on the other hand, just ransacked everybody. I don't everybody. know. A lot of, uh, let's be real, a lot of his resume is very shaky. I mean, as the... You, you want to say bums, there's some, yeah, there's some questionable people on that resume. I'm just saying. A couple saying. school teachers, a janitor. Roy didn't there's lose. some people on there. That Roy didn't lose to Buster Douglas, though. No, 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 no. Roy <laughs> fucked up by going up to heavyweight. Well, and coming back down. There, there was a problem. Like I said, this I wrote an article about this years ago. Like Roy Jones, I said, I think I've said it on the show. He broke every rule in the book when it came to boxing. Left his hands down, pulled his head back, stayed in the pocket with his hands down. He did everything that relied sheerly on athletic ability. Like there was no. Like, uh, he had some fundamentals, but when you watch him, he didn't use that shit. So it was not conducive to a, li- a career that would last long. So one day, moving up and down weight, the first Tarver fight, he was slower. He was a, a hair slower. And that's the, those cat-like reflexes, you can't be a hair slower. And that little hair slower ended up being a close fight with Tarver. But Roy's ego was like, yo, let's run it back. Tarver was like, cool, because I know you slowed down. You just don't believe it. Roy went back to do yeah. what he did, and if you watch him get knocked out by Tarver, it was the same thing. Pulled his head back, but he wasn't fast enough to get all the way out of the way. And ate that punch and went night-night. Because the other thing was, Roy, Roy and Mike were very similar in the fact that when they touched the canvas, they never knew what it meant to touch the canvas. They were like, how did I get here? What, how do I get up? I don't know how to get up. They didn't know how to get off, off the canvas. Neither of them. 
They were so dominant. But I, I Roy, man, yes, Tyson, you know, Michael Spinks, uh, like he just he beat up a bunch of bums. The Razor Ruddick was you're downplaying that first run. Like he, it's not like he got his heavyweight titles by beating bums. No, no, no. no he had a legit right. heavyweight tournament. And he beat two of the major title holders in that tournament. No, to I mean you're right. I'm not. Look, when Tyson won the titles, like, Michael Spinks was a, a title. He was paper to a lot of people. But Michael Spinks won the title, and he was just scared shitless for the fight that happened. Trevor Burbick was a champion, and he got ran over. So it was like, you know, Tyson didn't fight bums, but in the middle of his career, then it got it got kind of dicey because the window was so small. But I always go yeah. back to those two fights with Razor Ruddick when it sounded like the, those two were beating, like, empty oil cans. That's how they were hard they were hitting each other in the ribs. It was like, boom. I was like, how, how do you hit each other like this? <laughs> but the problem with Mike, and I guess the same goes for Roy, was that Mike didn't fight Riddick Bowe. He fought Holyfield when, on the downside of his career. He didn't fight like a George Foreman or a Michael Moore. So a lot of those names, because of him being away from the sport, they completely eluded him. He didn't get to fight those guys. Roy being a middleweight, yeah, he beat Bernard Hopkins early in his career, and then when he fought him again, when he was washed, he lost. But, like... He beat James Tony too. Like, Roy beat a lot of people early in his career, but then when he became self-promoted, there were a lot of fights, fighters in middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight that he just didn't fight because of the money. But who else is going to go play basketball in the morning, full court, full-ass game, and then knock somebody out at night? Roy Jones Jr. And then make a rap song about it. <laughs> yeah, he Roy was amazing. What's the betting odds at Westgate? have it as a pick them right now minus 110 for each my question is what are the odds for Roy Jones wrapping his own self to the ring that has to be strong right like you ain't getting good odds on that like he's if he doesn't wrap himself out so y'all must have forgot then what are we doing here yeah I don't know what we're doing here according to uh, bet online Mike Tyson is a minus 350 favorite and Roy Jones is a plus yes. 275. Listen, I'm... He's a huge fan. Roy Jones... Roy Jones fighting this... In which I don't even know if they announced the weights for this, but it got to be heavyweight. It has to be heavyweight. So, like, this being an open weight fight, with Mike looking the way he does, and Roy, let's be real, looking the way he does, Roy, Roy doesn't look like he went vegan, and he's been training for six months. You know, like, Roy doesn't look prime Roy. Tyson got an eight-pack and looks as good as you can for a 54-year-old. Yeah, but this looks can be deceiving. Here's my issue. Before we start talking about this bet you're about to lose, here's my issue. People have looked at Mike Tyson hit pads, not people. He hasn't fought in 15 years. Roy Jones has actually been in a boxing ring the last two years. That's huge. And people aren't paying any attention to that at all. I don't know what Roy has left, but the fact that he has at least fought somebody in a sanctioned match two years ago to Mike Tyson's 15 means something. Because, dude, people hit pads all the time. That shit don't mean nothing. It's just pads. They're inanimate objects. They don't hit you back. Roy's going to hit Mike back. But when you hit pads that fast, you got a pretty damn good chance. I mean, you could hit him, but I'm just saying, what happens? Mike's never, since Customato died, Mike Tyson's never been known for his defense. So if Roy pops him a good time, 
Because we Mike never had a great chin. So Roy pops him a good time. Well, Mike had a decent chin. Roy hits him. And, I, dude, I, I'm going to put it like this. I don't know who Mike Tyson is. Like, those interviews are still scaring me. I don't want to go back to the old me. And, like, what happens when Roy showboats and hits him? Mike sees red, and we're going to Roy Jones's funeral. That could happen. Yeah, that's very possible. Or I, I actually expect that. Or Roy showboats, hits him. Mike sees red, can't catch Roy, gets pieced up and knocked out. Because Mike, for better, for, to be clear, because Mike hasn't fought in 15 years, you have to remember how he lost his last few fights. He didn't get, like, knocked out. He just didn't get back up. He kind of quit. He checked out. So at 50, was he 53? At 53, if Mike Tyson gets sat on his ass, or get, I mean, dude, if Roy hits him in the body one good time, I don't know if Mike's going to get up and want to continue that shit. Now, the gloves are going to be bigger. This is supposed to be an exhibition, but I don't know what an exhibition in boxing means for two guys who are used to trying to knock the other guy out. I don't think there's any half speed in boxing. You, have you been to the doghouse at Mayweather's gym? Yeah. There's no half speed there. Now, granted, that's a very rarefied case because they they don't they turn the fucking clock off at, at the Mayweather gym. But other gyms is not really a half speed for fighters that are getting ready for a fight. And you put them in a real setting, I can't see these guys going, "Yeah, let's have fun." Somebody's going gonna a light's gonna go off. Somebody's gonna try to hurt the other one. Yeah, listen, I'm not a world class athlete by any means, but I just played in like a football turkey bowl at ESPN. And I had to apologize three times for cleaning people coming over across the middle. And they're like, yo, it's two-hand touch. I'm like, I'm sorry. If the ball's in the air and you're going for it, muscle memory tells me to just take you out. And I apologize after. And that's just me. I haven't played linebacker in, shit, I'm old now. In what, 12 years I haven't played linebacker. 12, 11 years it's been since I played linebacker. But... I, it's still my natural instinct to go and fuck somebody up there coming across the middle. So, no, if, if Mike gets hit with two jabs and Roy starts dancing, Bolo punches him one time, it's over. Because Mike's seeing red, he's getting real close, and he's throwing bombs. I don't care if you put him in 24-ounce gloves. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think everybody, like, the weight's going to be a thing, obviously. But I, I don't know. People are really dis. I mean, Roy. People are like, oh, well, Roy's washed up. What the fuck you think Mike Tyson was before he retired? Washed up. Like, okay, <laughs> but this is not that Mike. This Mike knocks out. That How do Mike. we know? How do we know he hasn't been hit by anybody? That's true. At fifty-three, he hasn't been hit in fifteen years. I'm going off of what the man says and how his body feels now, and how comparing to how it felt then. It's uh, how what, he takes care of himself. How everything is going. What does Floyd Mayweather say? It's different when you get in, in the lights. It's different in the ring. You can hit all the pads you want. Once I hit you, yeah. it's different. Cardio would be his biggest enemy. The gas tank will go before the skill goes. Maybe his skill has come back due to the training, due to how great he's kept his body. But when you get out there and you got to compete, you're, it's so hard to get into game shape. It's so hard to get into fight shape. Unless they're bringing people in for him to do rounds. Yeah, but who's going to really want to hit Mike Tyson? I don't know. I'm not sparring Mike Tyson. <laughs> so there's so many weird. I might things, fight man. Mike Tyson on pay per view for a huge paycheck. Yeah, a damn sure ain't sparring him. It's this is a lot. This is a lot. People, it's Roy Jones, and it's like, it's not a Vander Holyfield who hasn't fought in a decade. It's a guy who just fought two years ago against live competition. Granted, not the best competition, but pff, 
We're at, let's not act like Mike is like the great competition. Hopefully he looks good, but I personally, like I've said this before, I don't like this. I, I don't think this is very conducive to Mike Tyson, considering that all he's been through and come back from. I don't think he looks at a fight as fun or an exhibition. It brings him back, you know, you keep taking me out and you keep pulling me back in. That's what it looks like for Mike Tyson. I don't think there's anything that's going to be fun. Roy about better this. protect himself. Yeah, <laughs> like you come out there, it's eight rounds. You better protect yourself. Yeah, I mean, duh. It's Mike. I mean, still Mike Tyson. I think the aura of Mike Tyson is bigger than anything else. It's like I said, he hasn't won a fight. In he hasn't been a, a, a formidable opponent in like twenty years. All right. With that being said. Will you then let me walk down this? No, absolutely four not. Million no, to three million. No, give me no. three mil. No, I'm not. No, absolutely not. It's not going to be three million anyway. But I'm not going to fall for that shit. No. All right, you're confident. Give me three. No, mil. no, you were confident. You took the bet. No, <laughs> you four million pay per view buys is what you At want. At first, I tried to do two point five, and then you alerted me that Mayweather McGregor did four point three, and I got tricked into making it four. Yeah. So let's go. No. Let's dial it back. That is not happening. To you're my taking this level L. of confidence. You're taking this L. Just take it. You're going to take it anyway, but I'm not giving you any out because it just sounds even better when you say $4 million. No. No. I'm, there's no way. And the, and the best part is because there's a few ways this fight could happen and where you could may, maybe go, oh, man, they're going to do like 1.5 or 2. It's like if Mike and... Uh, if Mike and Roy did like a press tour and we're like talking shit to each other, yeah, Mike looked angry. Yeah, you can like juice the buys. Well, that shit ain't happening. Jake Paul's on this, which we're touching. Man, ain't nobody Jake paying Paul no goddamn to see no Jake Paul. Listen, and, and these Nate young Robinson. kids might pay. These YouTube kids, how many zone subscriptions you get? That shit was twenty. We got a lot, but yeah, but I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this only like a thirty dollar paper. But come on, man. First of all, Nate Robinson. Is a child size individual. Jake yeah. Paul is like Nate Robinson might knock him out. Jake Paul is like six. Has anybody seen Nate Robinson do anything? Other than Nate dunk? Robinson won a dunk contest at five foot nine. Oh. He was a world class NBA athlete. He played football at the University of Washington and was one of the best DBs they had. It's not like he's only played one sport forever. No, he was legit in football as a corner as well. He is a real athlete. He's yeah. not Gib. That doesn't matter, though. He's not a boxer. And oh, neither is Jake Paul. But, but Jake he's Paul. Jake Paul out. Jake Paul has at least sparred with live competition. He's a boxer. He's going to knock Jake Paul out. I don't know, man. I don't I know, man. Like, that. I always that think about this. Didn't send us the odds on that yet. See, I always think about this, and I'll, I'll never forget Sticky Fingers getting his ass whooped. Uh, what, what the hell was that show on MTV? That boxing show, Celebrity Boxing. <laughs> I or whatever forgot. It. Yeah, Sticky yeah. Fingers got his ass sticky whooped by that white dude. Sticky Fingers is a—he's a rapper, but he's sticky. He fingers. is not a world-class athlete, but he's Sticky Fingers. He was buff. He was ripped and got his ass like he got dogged. <laughs> sticky Fingers is not. But I'm Nate dark. Robinson, who is do you understand the level of athletic ability it takes to have a Ford 42-inch vertical? Hey, hey, John Jones can't dunk a basketball, but he sure will whip your ass. Athleticism doesn't mean a whole lot in, in fighting. It does when you get to two relatively novice fighters. Yeah, but at least Jake is boxing. Like I said, he sparred live rounds with real people. He has a real trainer. 
Nate Robinson has like two months to learn the fundamentals of boxing. This is me assuming that he has never boxed before. If he has, yeah, I don't know about it. Not but like that. If he hasn't, uh, I don't know, man. Like Jake is much better than Logan. I'll say that. Like we saw Jake little is fundamentals. better than Logan. Yeah, 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 but little fundamentals like shooting the jab and like he got better. Jake has been in three or four fights, two without headgear, yeah. two with I think, or something like that, and he's gotten better. But you only get better in live competition. Nate Robinson hasn't done that shit yet. He might get hit with a jab. Like, the jab is the scariest thing to get hit with in boxing if you've never boxed before because you don't understand it. Because you, you're used to throwing wide. <laughs> you don't know how to get around it. Yeah, no. you, you have no clue you're how like, to what counter is this? the jab. It's straight, and it hits you in the face, and you're used to throwing wide looping punches because that's how we all fought when we were kids. I've been hit yeah. with a jab before, and I was like, nope, I don't like this shit because I can't figure in out how to get life? around it. Yes. Like street boxing. Fighting? No, boxing. Oh, like, boxing. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, no yeah. if anybody fought me in a street fight doing that <laughs> shit, I quit. I'd be like, no, you know how to fight. I'm cool. Yeah. But Straight like, jabs and leg kicks. If you attempt a leg kick on me, like, I got to try to check a kick, that's the end of the fight. I'm leaving. You got this, homie. Yeah. Talk, talk so, as much shit as you want. And Jake's got a pretty decent jab. If Nate can't figure that part out, he's done. Yeah, he's done. Now, is, it's tough. If they get into, like, a, a brawl, then, yeah, anything can happen. But if Jake were to... And, it's like, what is it going to be, like, four rounds? It's going to be short. <laughs> we're breaking down Jake Paul versus Nate I know, but the whole, point, the whole point of you bringing that up is to help boost pay-per-view sales. It's not getting to four million. It's not. I need a couple more big names. You need a couple million. That's what you need. <laughs> I just need a couple more big names. Like, and I got to buy like 180s personally. Depending um, on the pricing for this fight and depending on how it's rolled out, I can see 1.5. Depending on the if pricing. It's 30, I can I can with this just these two fights at $30, I can get 2 mil out of it. Maybe. But we still They're going to bootleg away. the shit out of this fight. Fuck, man. I miss fire sticks all everywhere all day. I'm telling you, man. Damn. There's no like there's no loyalty to a sport in this. No, so yeah, you're losing that bet. The other thing I want to do before we go into I just saw Masvidal get one point three. Like that's a loyal two. base that believes in fighting. They they like they watch UFC. They watch cards. Yes, Masvidal puts My it point over. Being let's drop the bet down to three. No, so no, that's not happening. Three. No, you can't talk me out of this. No, you made your bed, you lie in it. That's what you get. You can't deserve even be a gentleman it. and throw me a bone. No, I don't. I'm not a gentleman in bets. I still mow the steak dinner. No, and I'm collecting brunch too, man. You, I, it's gonna be a feast when I see you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Breakfast, steak lunch, dinner and dinner. Still on the table. God it's damn. We have to go for a that, bottle or something next. The the wife still talks about the. Hundred plus dollar <laughs> champagne bottle I had to buy you the last time you won brunch. Yes. The one other thing before we start talking about uh box the rest of boxing and MMA. It was interesting because I saw a few people upset because they were like, Oh and the people from Showtime, PBC, Mayweather Promotions. And I love them. They're upset. They were like, Oh, I can't believe this. Showtime announced their slate of fights and nobody, you know, wrote anything. And then Tyson and Roy Jones do this circus and everybody's writing about it. And I hit Kelly back. Kelly Swanson from Mayweather Promotions. And I was like, yeah, because people like a circus. The irony of this is, just a few years ago, Kelly Swanson, Mayweather Promotions, Showtime, they were promoting a fight, Mayweather McGregor, where Oscar De La Hoya was like, 
oh man, you're overshadowing Triple G and Canelo with this bullshit fight, the circus of a fight. And they went off and was like, oh, you're just salty and mad. Now who's salty and mad? Listen, I get it. I said the same thing. It's a circus of a fight. It's bullshit. Mayweather McGregor was a bullshit fight. Canelo Triple G was a real fight. But people don't like real fights. People like circuses. And you can't support the Mayweather McGregor circus and get mad when you see Tyson and Roy Jones roll some shit out. You can't. It's going to get more coverage. Sorry. It's just the way it is. I thought it was so ironic. I was like, really? Kelly, you? Head of Mayweather Promotions PR? You? I love you, but no. That, that fight was a sham, and you knew it. But it was a circus, and people wanted the circus. People liked the circus. It's just the way it is. Crazy. I mean, listen, I gave love to all of it. I gave Showtime one post, and I gave Tyson, like, seven so far. <laughs> During the day. I mean, it's just the, the numbers It's a don't business. Lie. But I do. Yeah, I, I like the Showtime lineup, though. Um, they Let's did, about it. you know, they did my chick Clarissa Shields dirty. Why like you that? got nine cards, and the best female boxer well, in the world can't get on one. Keep in mind, they haven't rolled out the fox on PBC slate yet. There's still a whole okay, slate but of she's never fought on Fox. Maybe she she's does a now. Showtime person. Maybe she does now. I don't That's know. Fair. I don't Maybe. know. That, I, mean, I thought it was, at this it point they need to. Cause she yeah. ain't gonna be happy. Like they they need to, and if that's the case, that's cool. Cause you open her up to a wider audience, I guess. Right? You put her on yeah. primetime television. I, I like that angle, but she's only fought on Showtime. She isn't a co-main event type of person. She hasn't co-mained in like two years. So I just thought that was odd. But the fights they did announce, they have some really good ones. I think David Benavidez coming back. I know you think very highly of David. Benavidez, I think this gets him a step closer to unification belt. Um, yeah, he definitely like, I think him. Caleb Plant. Yeah. yeah, Caleb Plant should be the guy. I'm, I'm taking Canelo out of that equation. So yeah, I think Caleb Plant is, is is that guy. Maybe Caleb wants another fight. He fought, what, right before the pandemic hit, I think? Yeah. So maybe he wants a, another fight. He didn't look great until later in that fight anyway. So maybe he wants another one. I see him training in his yard in Vegas all the damn time. So he's in shape. Maybe he wants another tune-up as well. But I, Benavidez fight should be very fun. The slept-on fight. Um, Lube, the Lubin fight on September 19th. Yeah, it's Royal Gosh. That's think a pretty good fight. Yeah. That's going to be a good fight. Um, we have the pay-per-view, which to me... Listen, we'll get to the tank fight in a second. I have no problem with that being pay-per-view. Two Charlos as a pay-per-view... Uh, that's that's gonna be a tough sell. So it was a tough sell when UFC runs pay per views yeah. every month. You got another one, you know, late October theoretically. In September, it's competing, or the week after, it's competing with Loma on October third. Like that's probably gonna be a pay per view. That it's going to be a tough ask. Maybe because it's first. Maybe they think like, yo, people pay for us and then be asked out, and not pay for the Loma fight on pay-per-view. Nah. I don't I don't know. But I, I think people are going to be smart enough to be like, I think I'll wait on this. But we have, um, you know, Jamal Charlo versus Derevichenko. That's a great fight. Fantastic fight. And I think Charlo's biggest test at 160. Absolutely. Derevichenko pushed 
Triple G to the limit, and he pushed yep. Daniel Jacobs to the limit. He's a hell of a fighter. This is this is Jamal Charlo's true litmus test to find out how good he is in this division. Yep, and I, I think if he makes a statement, you, you again, if Canelo doesn't get around to fighting Triple G, Triple G is just going to go after the belts and try to clear out the division again. And I think Charlo has a good opportunity to maybe have a you know a cross promotional fight with Triple G down the line. Triple G is going to run out of guys. Absolutely. So I, I think this sets up that common opponents. If you look better, I like that fight. It's going to be tough though. Um, Jamel Charlo as the co-main versus Rosario. That should be all right. Another um, you know good fight for Charlo. I don't know what's happening at 154. I feel like they're just kind of waiting for Errol Spence to move up. Um, fifty-four is a it's an interesting division because there's you know guys like Tony Harrison there and J Rock and it's a it's a J Rock lost something to me, y'all. I, I mean, you know, one fifty-four is not the toughest division. It's the reason why Oscar De La Hoya said that if he came back, he'd fight at one fifty-four, which Charlo <laughs> took exception to and was like, "I'd beat the brakes off him," which is true. But like, even Jamel Charlo lost to Tony Harrison, so it's like. It's an okay division. I don't know, man. This being a pay-per-view, they're trying to sell the Charlos. And the Charlos look like stars. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. As twins. And I like the fact that it's a pay-per-view doubleheader. With, and it's got a lot of fights. There's an afternoon card and an evening card. I like that. But I don't know about this being a pay-per-view. I still it's don't know an about an afternoon card and an evening card? Yeah. Yeah, these aren't. It's not like co-main and main. There's a, uh, I think one of them ends and then it rolls right into an next I think it's a split site uh, doubleheader. So... Oh, You're gonna get a lot of fights. I think uh, Luis Neri's on this fight, like on this card. I can't. I, I don't have it in front of me, but it's it's a pretty stacked card that should appease boxing fans. But if they expect anything beyond that, given what the UFC will be doing, given that this will be two weeks after uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, yeah, no, no. Yeah, and then we get the Lipinitz fight, which should be really good. As well, after that, rolling into Javante Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz on the 24th, which I think that's a really good fight. I think they should stack that with a decent undercard, too. Um, man, that's that's one where you get a lot of eyes on someone. Yeah. Like a young fighter. I'm not sure who's, like, the next. I mean, Boots Enos, maybe? Yeah, Jerron Ennis is, I th- is scary. I think welterweight. Yeah, I think Boots would be really good to put in that spot as the co-main. Um, but yeah, there's there's some talent that they could really get eyes on there. And Javante, the the one thing we'll touch on real quick before we move on to UFC is this fight is a little different because the titles for 135 and 130 are both on the line. Some, even though the fight will be at 130. Some bullshit. That's what that is. How do you fight for two different weight classes and only fighting in one of them? The WBA, come on, man. WBA don't go fuck. Come on. Like, how is this for two titles of two different weight classes? You're going to fight, like, 130, 130 for five rounds and gain some weight? Like, what is this shit? Because <laughs> Javante's dropping it anyway. It's st- If he wins, it's it's out. And then 130 WBA championship will be up for grabs. It's it's total bullshit. But whatever. Whatever, whatever sounds good. I mean, WBC's done worse. They just make up belts. So, it is what it is. <laughs> um, the return of the zone comes back this week with Virgil Ortiz. It should be a good showcase fight for him, but 
looking at where he is in the 147 landscape, by the way, today he had to use the towel to make weight. Um, I found that a little odd, but it's a pandemic. So, yep. what the fuck? It might be hard to cut weight. Um, at 147, I don't know who gives him a shot. No, I don't. This is one of those rare times where it, it hurts to be on the other side. Like, I, I think PBC and Top Rank might work together. I'm not sure who gives a young kid like this the shot to get in. That's that's the greatest question because he's the goods. Virgil Ortiz is the goods. He's gonna pull like I just talked to him a few days ago. He's gonna pulverize Samuel Vargas. That's expected. And he's already you know he said he wants to fight Spence. He wants to fight. The, he really wants to fight Keith Thurman. He thinks it'd be a hell of a fight. I think so. So shit, that's great. Yeah, but the welterweight division is ruled by PBC. Like that's why Bud can't get anybody. So it's like you have uh, Virgil on one side, you have Crawford on the other, everybody's in PBC. And But the problem is, the interesting thing is, like, I talked to Sean Porter the other day, and I asked him who he was fighting. Yeah, he's not going to tell me. And if he was, I can't tell you guys. But the joke I had was like, well, it can't be anybody good. <laughs> and I was like, because you fought everybody good. And you know what? Nobody wants to fight you. Nobody wants to fight him. So he's in a rock and a hard place where if there's a deal to be made, if there's a bargaining chip, it's Sean Porter. Sean Porter versus Terrence Crawford. Future, maybe Sean Porter versus Virgil Ortiz. Sean Porter, like nobody, Spence, Thurman, Garcia, all have fought him. None of them are in, you've never heard any of them say, I want to fight Sean Porter again. None of them. Not at all. He's not a fun fight. Manny Pacquiao, at first they were like, before the Spence fight happened, I, I talked to uh, Sean Gibbons, Knucklehead Gibbons, who's uh, Pacquiao's uh, manager. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take the Sean Porter fight. Then after the fight, he looked at me and was like, mm. <laughs> I don't think we wanted that fight. Fuck that. He's too rough. He's too rough. Nobody wants to fight him. So he's a bargaining chip. Everybody, I want to see Bud and Porter. That's the fight I want to see. I don't know what happens to Virgil Ortiz. He's really on the outside looking in. But he's also a big 47, which you just pointed out. Need the towel today. Maybe he just goes to 54 at some point. But I think he's going to stay at 47 40 while, for a while and try to figure it out. Yeah, I think 54 might be his best bet. Because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see who fights him. Unless you can throw the bag at Kell Brook. I feel like Kell Brook at this point is the wild card. It'll probably be Kell. You're right. Kell Brook is um, probably the guy. Yeah, it's it's a race. Because I think Terrence Crawford is looking at Kell Brook as well. Yeah, it's like, who can I beat up with um, somewhat of a name? Kell Brook. That's it. But I think Virgil... that. It's a race to see who Kel will fight. Yep. So, I think that's a possibility that's on the table. Um, I don't know what Amir Khan's doing. But that's a good name if he's looking for a name of someone to probably fight. Or if if they want him to get a name and the money is there, you, you pony up the dough and you pay Adrian Broner six mil. Not the ten he wants, but he ain't getting six anywhere else. And you give him the six mil and feed him to your young lion. Yeah, I guess. I think they'll do that. I don't think PBC gives a fuck. No, why should they? So I, I pay Broner a lot of money to take an ass whooping, but that's building a star. So we'll we'll see how that goes for Virgil Ortiz. I expect him to win this weekend as well. Before we got to get out of here, we only have a couple minutes left in the show. Didn't leave much time for UFC, but it's okay card wasn't that crazy anyway um fight island pretty much about the main event this past weekend figueredo versus benavidez the rematch dre we got it wrong again wrong man wrong wrong 
figure it'll beat the brakes off as you can get. God damn. Mm, Jeez, Louise. It was ugly. Um, So submission, round one, and he beat the hell out of him before he even submitted him. Dude, the only Joe just... Uh, the only thing I'll say is that Benavides has a tremendous amount of resolve because Figueroa had that, that choke in deep in the first round. He didn't tap. And I was like, wow, he's going to keep fighting. And Figueroa was like, you know what? I'm just going to beat the shit out of you and get this choke on you again. And he did. He did exactly yeah. that. He beat the hell out of Joseph Benavides. Now I'm looking at the flyweight division. I was like, well, who wants to fight him? So who ain't coming back down to flyweight? I don't know who's going to be no. Figueroa. He's too good. Um, I did like the fact that a lot of people were asking that in the comment section on our ESPN MMA page. And the one person to speak up, which I kind of like, is Cody Garbrandt. Hmm. Because I think Cody is in line, obviously after his last performance, for a shot at bantamweight title. But he's still maybe two people behind. And if you got to take a fight anyway, why not go down and try to test that out? I saw what happened to Dillashaw, though. That's fair. Cody's, but Cody's I mean, not even as small as TJ. No, but Cody says he can make the way. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. So did TJ. That's <laughs> right. They used all the drugs and still lost. But I like, I like that idea. How about that? Yeah. I like the idea sure. of there's not a real contender there. If a guy like Cody Garbrandt, former champion, big name in the sport, wants to go down and test himself, and he has to take another fight in the interim anyway... Go dare to be great. Because then if you win, it's a champ versus champ matchup, and you catapult everyone. It's fair. And shit, if Aljo still didn't fight for a title yet, you're catapulting him. Because Dana won't commit to him either. So, I think that's an interesting great. fight. It's ridiculous. Um, now, let's touch on and just make a quick prediction for this week's fight card. In the... Oh, it's actually a really good fight card. Dude, it's 15 fights. At 15 fights are oh, on that card. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Carlos Esparza's back. Um, see, Fabricio Verdum will start here versus Gus. Debut a heavyweight. I'm taking Gus. I'm Verdum taking Gus just too. hasn't looked the same. For, like, Fabricio's body looks terrible. He looked terrible in that last fight. I don't know what Gus is going to look like as a heavyweight, but I think it's going to be better than Fabricio. I agree. And then we have Shogun. Hua versus uh, Nag Antonio Roguero Nagera. Um, mm. I'll take a I'll take. I don't fucking know Shogun to win. I'm I feel pick, like he won the first two. I'm gonna pick Shogun, but here's the problem: they have Shogun listed as 38 years old. I'm just not buying that shit. How old is Shogun? Shogun I don't know. They Shogun's been around done. since he was 16. Then. That's what's like he fought in pride, and I'm like, yo, he's only 38, but maybe I don't and know. Lil Nog is what 44. Yeah, Lil Nog is old. He's Nog no longer Lil Nog. He's old Nog. But damn. Yeah. That's 44. I mean, 38 younger than 44. Shit. But I'm, I guess I'll pick. I'll pick Shogun. Um, I can't even remember the last time I watched a Lil Nog fight, but all right, whatever. I, I don't know. Last time Lil Nog fought either. Fuck it. Nostalgia fight. Um, I'll take it. And then main event, Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. This is actually a really <sighs> tough fight. It's a really good fight. I mean, Whitaker was so good for so long. He beat so many good people. Uh, I've seen Darren Till trip up so many times against fighters. You know, I mean, let's be real. I, I think Whitaker's probably better than Jorge Masvidal. 
and Masvidal yes. caught Till, so I mean that's MMA math, but who the fuck knows? Um, give me <sighs> roll the dice. Give me Robert Whitaker. I like Till as a person, as a character, but give me Bobby Knuckles to win this. Yeah, I'm taking Robert Whitaker. Um, you said the trip up with Shit, Masvidal. Shit, I would have took Darren Till. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Till got knocked out by Masvidal. Till uh, went to a split decision with Gastelum, who got ran over by Jack Hermanson last week. And Robert Whitaker lost to, like I said, Robert Whitaker lost to a guy who's got a style that was just tailor-made to kick his ass, Adesanya. I think Till doesn't really have that. As long as Whitaker didn't lose anything against Adesanya, he should win this fight. It should be exciting, though, because Till's a great fighter. It yeah. should be exciting, but I'm going to go with Bobby Knox. Yeah, the good thing about Whitaker is that it wasn't a drag-out, long-ass whooping. No, you know, he, he kind of got knocked down, flash knocked. Yeah, he got pieced up and it was done. Like, cool, he kind of bounced back from that. Like, the long, dragged-out just wars, I would be more worried. But this wasn't that. So, I don't know. Should be a good fight card. Um, we'll recap it next week and leave more time for MMA. Especially because, hopefully, next week, boxing will kind of die down and we won't have... Uh, you know, verses to talk about and all this good stuff. So, plenty more to talk about going forward. And sooner or later, we'll split back into our three-show format and give boxing its own show and MMA its own show. So, that'll be very, very welcomed as well. We want to thank you guys for tuning in today, though. Man, it's it's been fun. We're going to be back on Sunday talking pro wrestling. A ton to talk about there. Again, a lot has happened in the world of pro wrestling. Till then, though, make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Have a fun weekend. Stay safe. Stay Rona free. For now, though, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.